This is Air Commander Starscream, and you are listening to Half Measures. Uh, Half Measures? Sounds like Megatron's battle strategy. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Half Measures. We are coming to you live from the beach of Western Supermare, where Dan and I have purchased a fish and chip store, and we're going to be selling takeaways to brummies and the kids skiving off of school, and here he is. All right, Dan? Hello, Paul. That, 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 that's about all I've got. That, that, that's as far as my accent goes. It's... All right, then. That's the other one I've got. Oh, you're going to go up there, are you? I'll tell you, I reckon there's a few things today that might take us around the UK accent-wise, because... Uh, this, of course, is me doing my very best Bristle Somerset accent, where I was originally from. So I can't wait to dive into Outlaws Season 2 with you because it, it brings back so many memories for me. What is a Brummy? Brummy's Birmingham. And so the, the beach scene in Western Supermare, where, where I spent much of my childhood, you would find a lot of people from Birmingham and the Midlands would, would come down to the beach there because that was the closest place that they could get to the ocean. And so, I, you know, we'd all be there and then you'd just be hearing, all right, come on, come into the sea. All right, then, come Talk on. Like this, eh? And, then <laughs> just, and it was, I just I remember as a kid just being like, I thought we talked weird, but this is summer else. You know, it's like, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, that's. Uh, I always appreciate when you start the pod with a a bit of a an accent. It's there are, special. There are some accents around the UK that just uh, are just amazing. Actually, it's it's one of the one of the things I do miss actually because we don't have it so much here in New Zealand. And I don't know what you think, but from my perspective of twenty odd years here, is basically unless you're in the deep south and people are rolling ours, it's generally pretty consistent throughout the country. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I'm pretty consistent. There's, there's not much is there, though. In saying that, people always you know like people from overseas often comment on the on the Kiwi accent. Yeah. So, yeah. I, like I can't hear it. It just sounds normal to me. But we certainly don't need people needing subtitles like when you and I are watching the responder. Indeed, indeed. It's hopefully well, maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let's let people tell us rather than us assume. Uh, Dan, before we get to the outlaws. Uh, what have you been watching this week? Well, Paul, I have recently just watched a, a movie on Netflix. It's a new movie. Uh, it came out in 2022 called Day Shift. So this is a movie starring Jamie Foxx, uh, Dave Franco, and even has uh, Mr. Snoop uh, Dogg also featured in this one. So this is basically about a... Where do I begin, Paul? Where do I begin? It's basically a movie about a... a Jamie Foxx is kind of our, our, our good guy hero in, in this movie and he's kind of got this mundane job where he, he basically cleans swimming pools but it's actually just the cover for his, his true job which is actually hunting and killing vampires and it's one of those movies that I guess caught my attention through the trailer that often you know Netflix was sort of the up and coming mm. and I watched the trailer and I had a great time it was there was basically the scene where Jamie Foxx is cleaning this lovely old lady's pool um and then he sort of goes into her house turns out she's a vampire he has to you know finish the job and it's all kind of like it just seemed like a bit of a, a rip-roaring fun and unfortunately that trailer was probably the best part of the whole movie. I 
didn't overly enjoy this one. I Like, it was a, a bright, sort of colourful movie, kind of action-packed. To be honest, like, I don't know what I was really expecting, but often, like, with a, a Jamie Foxx movie... Um, like you know it can be a bit of fun like his his last kind of Netflix movie he did what was it called Project Power I think like that was you know like it was a pretty good movie pretty pretty decent outing this one I think the bulk of the budget has definitely gone towards Jamie Foxx mm. um, and Dave Franco and there, there's a few other kind of known entities and, and kind of characters in here um, in particular like Steve Howey stands out he was in, in Shameless but it's it's a movie I just kind of found myself a little bit clock watching and kind of looking looking forward to it wrapping up. And I it was definitely a movie again where I think the best bit of the movie was in the trailer. And I wish they didn't show that show that part of it because I think it would have it would have been a little bit more fun. But yeah, it was a, a bit of a, a bust for me, this one. That's a real shame, eh? It's the when you're clock watching, it's the worst. It's the it's it's the opposite of shows like The Mandalorian, where you're you're watching the clock, thinking, "Oh, please let this still have ages to go. I don't want this to end. It's so good." It's 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 a real shame when it goes like that. I have to be honest. I I didn't read the synopsis for this. I saw the poster, and it it didn't didn't speak to me. Um, but the synopsis does sound quite funny. Jamie Foxx in a comedy role, I find him very funny. I always think of his role in Horrible Bosses movie. I found him absolutely hilarious in that movie. Um, and I just spotted the the director of this, J.J. Perry, and, I, and I'm not saying that putting this on him, but he's a stunt actor. He's done 149 movies as a stunt actor or stunt coordinator. He's never written, produced, or directed anything, and then all of a sudden he's directing this movie. So fair play to him for you know getting the chance to direct it. But um, yeah, I wonder if he'll get another go. Like I'm probably being a little bit hard on it. Like I like I imagine a lot of people really enjoyed this movie. Like it's currently sitting at uh, what's was what it six at the moment on IMDb. Like it's it's doing yep. pretty well. It's got a, a score of six point one, forty nine thousand um, reviews. Like it's like it was like it, it was okay. It just I guess I kind of came into it wanting a little bit more. Like I kind of wanted either more laughs or more action or kind of a fun story and and I think you know Jamie Foxx, Dave Franco have all of those components to bring that to life, but as a as just kind of a you know brain and neutral popcorn movie on a on a Saturday night it just didn't do it for me and it, it's a bit of a shame um I think that the components were there it just didn't come together as a as a package for me unfortunately yeah that is always a shame I was just confused and I thought you meant James Franco but this is his his brother Dave isn't it and I'm trying to think what I've seen him in did before I, did, did I say James or did no I think I that, I, no you said Dave I think I misheard and I looked on the screen and I was like oh well, it I've is seen Dave Franco yeah. yeah yeah well he's often in those sort of uh like bad neighbors type movies and um oh, yeah. i think he like he he's always pretty funny yeah um, oh, and so movie. sort of the the concept here is so jamie fox obviously so he's doing this pool job he's got a wife and daughter but his his marriage is basically it's basically on the verge of it all being over because his wife is kind of like you're all you're out at all hours of the night yeah you know i can't get hold of you you're you know you, you're cheating you're up to mischief but you know he's just he's out saving the world Little did, it, did they know he was out saving the world. You know how it is, Paul, when you've got uh, vampires to slay. Um, so, yeah, this is probably, a, if I was going to give it the old guns akimbo, 
it's probably one and a half for me. It's that pretty a, low. That is low on the guns, given that there's four guns in total. That's that's less than halfway there. So um, I won't add that to list. <laughs> Do you know sometimes Samara will say to me, she's like, I don't understand the guns akimbo rating. She's like, I just, I don't get it. And I'll be like, look, it's four guns. You know, because you get <laughs> two guns in each hand. I'll try to explain it. And like, she'll just look at me like, you're you're on crack, mate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do, we, do we need to have a rewatch of guns akimbo to perhaps reinforce how it works i don't think we ruin it i think it's best to be a little bit confusing a little <laughs> bit ambiguous and look we, we just stick with it the so if you if you do want to watch day shift it's on netflix it's one of their new movies it, it's in the top 10 so this may be for you you may get more out of it than me uh maybe my expectations were a little bit too high but that, that's where it is the other thing i've watched and i did say i wasn't going to review this every week but i can't help myself so <laughs> Uh, Game of Thrones, so House of the Dragon, the second episode came out this week. Always kind of interesting, like, you know, is the second episode going to live up to the level of hype? Did it, Paul? Did it what? This is so good. I'm so happy to be back in the, the Game of Thrones universe. And already it kind of it feels like classic game of thrones but it's like they've got the big budget the big scenes are happening i'm already intrigued about the different families the different alliances the only thing i don't have on lockheed is i i don't know who all these different characters and um and families are and i can't wait to sort of get to get to that point in my game of thrones journey where i'm like you're a baratheon you're a lannister you're a Greyjoy, and I, I i know and i know we're about to westeros you all are and it's like i'm not quite there but i, I can feel myself um getting back into that space and it already feels like to be like you know we're only two episodes in i'm already going to be like probably into a, a rewatch once the whole season's finished it's good it's a, another what, 8.7 for this episode so they're coming in strong Everyone I've spoken to about the second episode has also been, oh, you've got to get amongst it, you've got to get amongst it. Everyone's really talking up. I was just having a quick butchers through the old cast and I spot the, the main but actor. Butchers. Butchers Hook. Look, but, but Paddy Considine, is, uh, he's the first name in the mm. second episode and he is a great actor. I didn't realize he was there. He's um, perhaps not the most well-known of, of all the people who are in this, but um, I love Loved him in the in the Outsider and a few other things he's done. So uh, that list of that cast list is getting more and more impressive. Do you think this is the the Game of Thrones that you you could get into, or still just not your genre? Uh, I I don't think it's for me. Uh, I don't. I I'm not sure. I, I will. I think it's one of those ones that I would let it play out and then mm. revisit it uh, once there's a sort of like a, a broader view across the whole season. I wouldn't want to dive in until I perhaps can see what that looks like. But uh, I got one season into the Game of Thrones and bailed. So I'd need to I'd need to see that it's different enough, I guess. Right, right. It's, pr- it's probably more of the same because that first season is probably more closely to, to what this is aligned to. And this is dealing with, again, like, you know, Game of Thrones is already kind of known for its its dark, dark subject matter. This episode in particular is is kind of uh, really in that same direction. Um yeah, look, I, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna sort of go into the, the detail of the show because it's still pretty fresh. People might be still sort of catching up on it or, or saving it up, but I think the uh, the milk of the poppy is good on this one. I'll stick to the lightsabers, and you can have the sandals and swords. Appreciate it. 
I yeah, that's that's me, Paul. What about you? What have you been watching this week? Um, so not not too much, Dan. I don't know if anyone can hear it in my voice. I've been actually been a bit bit crooked this week. Um, but under the weather, mate. I am. Yeah, yeah it's a high stress job. This and uh, so, but I did uh, watch one TV series which I talked about last week that I'd started after your mentioning it bumped up my list, and that is slow horses so i i need to go back to school dan because once again i am still having trouble counting to 10 because i have another tv show as a contender for my top 10 tv series list which it already has i think 23 in it so i don't know how that's going to work but honestly this this is really in amongst that mix of in terms of the quality of television that we've got here i just thought this was absolutely standout. It was one of those shows where I'd, every night I'd sit down and, oh, yeah, more more slow horses, can't wait. And then once it was gone, it's just the the void is real. So um, you talked about this um, a couple of podcasts ago, um, about the team of British intelligence agents who serve as a dumping ground department of MI5 due to their career-ending mistakes. It's the sort of place I expect to wind up one day. And I just cannot wait for season two and we know season two is coming because at the end of season one they show you a little sneak teaser for season two which is quite unusual as well to have it ready to go like that yeah i kind of got the vibe that like when i saw the trailer for season two at the end of season one i it actually made me double check did this actually come out in 2022 or did this come out like yeah. you know 21 or, or 20 and they've kind of just been sitting on it because it kind of felt like it was season two looks very kind of well down the development path yeah, and they've got four seasons. Um, all you know, they, obviously, as you say, season two looks like it's pretty much a done deal, and they've already got sign off and on season three and four ready to go. Oh, it's it's such a, a fun and different series, isn't it? And I think you know we've been saying this a bit on the pod, but Apple's really just knocking it out of the park with these TV shows, and they're kind of they are kind of slow horses. They are kind of dark horses that you just like. I think not a lot of people will know about a show like this and looking even at the you know the the cover art of this I don't know whether it would even like spark interest for a lot of people like you know you're flicking through the tiles you know there's a picture of kind of middle-aged Gary Oldman like is that you know but it's honestly so good I'll be honest and I don't mean to speak for Diana here but you know when you sit down with Samara and you think what are we going to watch next you know you finish what you're watching and you go into the and you, you're both sort of throwing things into the ring as potentials and when I put that courses there that was exactly what I even as I put it there I was like looking at the poster thinking that's not going to sell anyone necessarily but we both watched it and we both had an, an absolutely brilliant time it's um it actually almost annoys me that it's um on Apple because it's going to get a much smaller audience and I want to be able to talk to more people about this it's 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 so good. Gary Oldman, of course, as the lead, is just incredible. I I feel like we talked about this maybe offline, but I feel like we need to be able to revisit our peak performances should a subsequent performance come out that we think tops it. Because for me, I think this could be right up there for me, for Gary Oldman. He's he, he personifies exactly what I would expect the head of a defunct department to sort of to be like 
Mm-hmm. I, I think what's what's so great about this TV show is even when you just think about the first 10 minutes, right, and it's kind of like a full kind of almost, uh, you know, real 007 Jason Bourne type vibe. There's like an intense yeah. chase scene, like it's it's kind of like fluoro lighting, it, it's all go. And then very quickly after that sort of 10 minute scene, goes into the slow horses kind of vibe like and the, the color palette of the of the cover art kind of sums it up like it's all kind of muted grays and greens and yellows and it's kind of a bit depressing and it's I think this just the whole the way the show builds and the way it kind of like lets you kind of like fall in love with it with all of the characters for different reasons over six episodes is an incredible feat it, it really is a really incredible feat and even outside of the the main bunch of characters, the 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 support characters around the outside, I thought were were also superb. Um, for example, Jonathan Price uh, playing the oh, the yeah. grand the grandfather, he was a really nice addition. Kristen Scott Thomas, I thought she was really good. I haven't seen her in ages, but I thought she was really really uh, strong. I thought it was like you say this the the color palette. I love that sort of. It is a bit dark. I love the angle so it's the underdog angle you know it's um it's the mm. has-beens proving that they've still got it um the office is absolutely filthy um it's you know sort of like the 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 little guys up against the big dogs because you know they're they're trying to compete with the mi5s and you know no spoilers but um the the slow horses do all right and isn't it funny, like, the, the tags on this on IMDb are drama and thriller. And it's kind of, like, I would al- I would almost add dark comedy or, or comedy sort of elements to it because we found ourselves laughing at it quite a bit. But equally for every moment you laugh, there is a very, like, there's very dark moments because, you know, they're dealing with, like, terrorist threats and the, the things that happen when you're a field agent. Yeah, oh, no, you're absolutely right. You're laughing all the time. And I think, for me... Obviously, Gary Oldman with the throwaway lines is is superb. I mean, he's 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 got that brick top about him. You know, I don't want to do all the accents of the whole country, but he's oh all the time. He's like this all the time. He's like you know, and that's hilarious. But Jack Loden as River Cartwright, I thought he was actually the standout for me in this series. I I, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. I I've only seen him in a couple of things. Uh, I think Dunkirk was the thing I can remember in the most of them, but he was just such a good foil opposite Gary Oldman and and his relationship with um uh, I've already forgotten her name because she went to hospital that whole character arc I thought was was absolutely brilliant and I I, I really look forward to seeing where it goes Standish Catherine Standish yeah, also so um, Olivia Cook who plays that that character. I was trying to place her the whole time I was watching uh, Slow Horses, and eventually when I sort of looked on IMDb, she's actually she played um, Emma Decody in Bates Hotel, and That's just right. it's I just you know kind of I guess in that role more of a, a teenager and great to see her as an agent here, and I I really hope that we see her back in in later seasons. Like yeah. Yeah, she 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 was good, and it it was a it was a good story arc, but it was also a shame that um she was the one who had the the she was she had the the gas can the canister. That's right. Yeah, yeah the oxygen. The, yeah, oxygen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just came around gas as a gas myself. Check out Base Motel for sure. Um, no, she she was uh, very very good. It was 
um, the perfect number of episodes for a season, like you said, just to, to draw you in. All of, the, I mean, I, I feel like we're not oh, you're talking about the gang of characters. Um, you're like men. I thought he was absolutely hilarious as well. Um, the, the oh, Larry, <laughs> he was hilarious. Just everyone was just very well cast in their role. I also enjoyed a lot of the kind of the the slang, I guess, or the the terminology used within uh, MI5 and, and MI6, dogs. I imagine. The dogs. I'll get the dogs around, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, the, the clean-up crew there. And I did a bit of a Googling around this, and there's, there's a whole big sort of dictionary of all these different terms, and, and it's it's so great because it kind of, you know, it's almost like looking at the other side of the, the James Bond-type world, right? And obviously yes. MI5 is, is local as opposed to international, but it's – it's just a fascinating peek behind the curtain. Even the whole term of like first desk and second desk and trying to, you know, that your, you know, first desk is kind of managing all the all the politics. Second desk is actually managing like kind of operations and just kind of the the intense um, kind of like life and death decisions that happen and so much of it happens from a control room and I feel like we kind of saw stuff like that in TV shows like 24 but it's just like the use of technology the on the ground sort of first responder there's just so much going on and I think again like the fact that the show tells such a fantastic story about a wide range of characters in six episodes incredible it does and very clever as well you know it, it does keep you guessing and um we all know what desk we you know if it's going to be you and i at a desk we know if we're going to be first or second desk and i'll leave that to you to you know where we're sitting indeed even like i found the the uh what's his name freddie fox who played the who plays spider web and he's going to you know, working in hr and you know for mi5 it's there's so many just amazing kind of characters and i loved his relationship with uh, as you say like river cat right such a you know, you could almost see a character like him being, you know, the next James Bond. Like he's he's kind of got that kind of, uh, particularly if they do go down this kind of young Bond avenue. Yeah, he was he was very good, and I I thought him and Jack Lo- you know, River Cartwright's character, I thought they had some really great scenes, really really great scenes together. I um, I, there was other stories that I thought they could have explored more. And I, I guess maybe they they'll do that more in in season two i would love to see a bloopers reel if one exists for this show because i imagine that there just must have been so many absolutely hilarious scenes given the way in which gary oldman who's always been the the king of disguise i mean he's so unrecognizable to harry looks as you know commissioner gordon or whatever but his scenes like his his flatulence issues and and all of his scenes i just imagine would have made for some hilarious television back behind the scenes I loved all of the scenes with um, Chris and Scott Thomas as well. Like just their kind of back and forth banter is it's so raw and so good. And I, I think you're right. Like some some bloopers, I bet you there's some some real clangers in there. Yeah, hundred oh, percent. I yeah, I honestly I can't talk this show up enough. I don't know if, if in talking about it I've done it enough justice. But honestly, uh, don't be surprised to hear me talk about this come December, Dan. That's how highly I rated it. Yeah, I'm the same. Like I kind of. It really caught me by surprise how good this is. And I think the next time somebody's saying, oh, what should I check out? This is definitely going to be on my list of recommendations as well. 100%. Slow Horses on Apple TV, I guess, then. That means we can leave London and head to the West Country. It's time for 
it's time for us to dive into season two of Outlaws, isn't it? This uh, this is a good time, and um, I so this this time on my journey with Outlaws season two. So Samara never watched the first season with me, so we actually went back and watched the first season. Well, I was so second time for me, first time for her, and then went into season two. So season two was. Uh, all of the sort of the characters and the, and the context was really fresh for me. And I think one of the, the biggest observations that I think I'd make, and I think even, even Samara would agree with this, is that I thought season two, like we really love season one, but season two knocks it out of the park. We just had such a, a great time. Like we were constantly laughing. We were kind of hooked on the episodes. We we really enjoyed it. How about you guys? Oh, 100% the same. I mean, I I feel like I'm I laugh quite a lot of a lot of things but this was a show that i just was constantly going back and forth just i mean throw in the accent as well and i, I was just loving it Stephen merchant's writing i think to your point about it being a better season i think it's just becoming a more and more refined um perfect gem and, and, and as he's getting older he seems to be able to write just the perfect dialogue the, he, he does that thing and I, and I guess this goes back to the office with ricky but he they, they, they do that thing where they take an emotional moment they make it funny they make it awkward they do all of the things but the characters my goodness i mean i don't know about you but for me the the shout outs would be Stephen merchant as greg but, but also jessica gunning as diane honestly i think diane is just She's just, I, I would watch a spin off about her going off to become, going off to police camp or something. She is just amazing. Yeah, she's she's a real kind of gem, right? And I think, particularly because, you know, her character's kind of on the outer from the main cast, right? Because she's kind of the supervisor. A lot of the antics take place when she's not with them. And then she kind of comes in as a bit of a solo unit and always kind of steals the show. And, nothing but laughs i also think they use characters like christopher walken's character i felt he made more sense to me this time around as opposed to season yeah. one and it didn't feel so kind of like what the hell is christopher walken doing in here it, it just kind of worked better yeah no that's a really good observation because it was kind of like oh there's a bunch of people in bristol and there's <laughs> there's the guy from you know uh from the deer hunter why why is he there that doesn't yeah but his his use in this is so much better i mean the way they use him as the the fake drug kingpin when he walks oh. into that room and he's saying um i'm ralph from new york who are you you know he he says it with an intensity in his eyes through those glasses that you just you could stick him straight into the, the highest caliber of gangster movie that you could see on the planet and he would be right in there he's immense it's so good isn't it i also think you know a real sort of great character evolution for um rianne barretto who plays uh rainy and you know she kind of goes full breaking bad in this like she's kind of the the sweet girl who was off to going to head off to oxford and kind of you know got involved in a bit of shoplifting and she's you know now looking at sort of you know she's got a big drug empire she loves the thrill of the of the of the chase and the hunt i don't think she was necessarily as likable as a character but i appreciated how quickly she turned into a different character yeah and i, I agree and i think this is where this show splits it well with with humor and some not just drama but some serious subject matter as well you know i mean it's funny but what they're doing you know and what's on the line is is is, is pretty dark and i think 
that her character alongside Gamba Cole, Gamba Cole's another actor in this who really, for me, really impresses me as, as Ben. He, he really is intense as an actor. I can see him going on to have a really good career. Him, him and Rianne together were, were so strong. And of course, you know, spoilers since we're reviewing it, but that final scene as they're, they're on the train to go to Weston to start selling fish and chips on the beach, the emotion between the two of them uh, through the train window is, is really intense. And I think the direction in which her character is going for me says that if we do get a third season, it's going to be high drama and maybe, I don't know, not maybe less comedy, but certainly high drama. Mm -hmm. Do you think we will get a third season in the show? Well, uh, I will be, I'm I'm a little bit, I'm going to be a bit cliche here because if, if we don't, I'm going to be annoyed at the ending because that's not how I want those characters to finish like that, you know? And, and um, that that's ending deliberately says to me, there's another season coming in. So I guess if we don't, and I guess maybe it's not down to Stephen Merchant, but uh, I would be very surprised if we don't know. It's interesting though, because I kind of got the sense that like, it could go either way, right? Like on one, on in one sense, they've, they've kind of finished telling the story, but there's still more stories to be told if there's interest. One of the things I was reading about this, trying to sort of track down whether there was any season three information is because this is actually um, originally developed for BBC, it's actually outside of uh, prime video sort of control, like unless BBC kind of released the rights. So though it's kind of been a, a bit of a smash hit I, like I'm with you I, I I think there's more stories to be told here I think there's there's so many kind of funny and sort of high drama kind of characters that I, I, I would love to just see more of their their lived experiences but it's it'd be interesting to see what, what happens with this one yeah it would uh, I think it's the the different all of these characters come from a different place and their own story and all of those individual stories come together quite nicely and you know some of the i almost would call them side characters because there's quite a, a large main cast but um the the guy john and the issues he's got with his dad um that story was 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 quite intense i find um if i am to sort of almost criticize this show i feel like maybe maybe it's almost too long. They're almost like they're trying to do too much with all of the characters. And so all of the side stories and all of the backstories we've got for all the characters make it quite a long watch. And I, mm. and I, the thing is, I, you know, you, you, then you'd say, okay, so what do you cut? And I don't, I honestly don't know who I would want to cut or whose backstory I don't want to know about. But um, it's, it's almost like if you were to take these two seasons you could almost split these two seasons into three seasons somehow. This, this is quite a long watch for a comedy. It's not a, it's not a big complaint. It's just, just something I picked up on. I get because each episode is kind of staring down a sort of 60 minute barrel almost, isn't it? So it kind of, it, it does make it a, a bit of a, a long one, but I, I did enjoy all the different sort of characters. And I, and I think sort of the character evolutions, like an, another example for me is um, Charles uh, Babalola who plays, Malaki, like I think he's sort of a character yeah. who obviously sort of starts as a, a bit of a drug kingpin and becomes kind of like a really likable character kind of throughout the season. Equally with, um, you know, you're just talking about John Haller, um, Halloran, who's played by Darren Boyd, his relationship with um, 
uh, Myrna um, Okiki, yeah. um, who's played by Claire Perkins. Like, I, in the first season, I kind of found their relationship a little bit kind of like, oh, like a little bit prickly, but I've just come to really kind of appreciate all the characters. And even the same with uh, Stephen Merchant's colleague, uh, Spencer, who's kind of, you know, loses his watch and he's, he's, you know, he's on the spice and all that sort of stuff. And he was kind of always annoying, but again, kind of becomes a little bit like lovable in this season. And I could see a character like him actually end up in community detention himself with with this wider crew in the future. And just on that point, season one felt very much focused around and centred around the the community service work that these people were were doing and had all been brought together to do. Whereas in this season, that that uh, community service work actually felt almost like the backstory and was almost like immaterial. The fact that they were coming together, mm-hmm. that it almost felt like this was their day job and that this was just how they all got together to meet socially as opposed to the fact that it was, you know, for, for, for crimes committed. It was almost uh, a, a backdrop to it. But um, the other thing I, I wanted to talk about then, because it's I can still hear it now, in my head and it sticks with me the music in this show is absolutely sensational and the the opening credits theme song there are some credits i don't know about you some credits i'm quite happy to skip this one i always let it play out it's so good yeah we actually we commented on this sort of as we we're watching it how there's kind of one there's the opening song then there's there's another song that constantly sort of plays throughout the episodes and both of them have kind of got just sort of a, a great feeling. It just seems to kind of work, whether it's kind of an upbeat or kind of a mysterious moment or something's about to go down. It just kind of it works well for the show. Yeah, that very good Western vibe. A lot of the uh, in-betweeny bit music, that's the technical term, by the way, um, mm. reminded me of Dead Deadwood. Um, there was a real oh, Deadwood yeah, okay. vibe to that music, how it was going around. Um yeah, I I just absolutely love this. I think um, for Stephen Merchant, in terms of what's on his resume already, so good. But this is this is right out there with his very best work. It kind of makes me sad again that I yes. wish him and Ricky were kind of like because I just think like they're both like top of their game, right? And just that's right. The magic that they, that they could kind of bring together would just be so good. It would almost be too powerful. an unstoppable for you think about what they did 20 years ago with the office and then again you know that they did with 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 extras but you think about what ricky's done subsequently with with afterlife with Derek, and you think Mm -hmm. about what merchant's done here and just a modern day um merchant and gervais would be incredible it's and it does make me sad and the same with cal pilkington as well i'm not sure what happened with him but uh i mean obviously this is one of the best podcasts you can listen to but if you listen to another the ricky gervais podcast is is so funny i remember that i couldn't listen to it while i was driving because it's actually a health hazard it was it's 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 the most incredible podcast i've i've listened to yeah no i think this is a this is another great show another i would almost say little bit of a sleeper hit like Mm. because i think prime video particularly here in new zealand like a lot of people have prime video but i don't think people think of it as a core kind of offering like netflix or or your neon and so another one that i feel like probably isn't getting the eyeballs that it deserves no that's that's exactly right it's um just like we said with slow horses there's 
there's a bigger audience for this show to watch and it needs to get more exposure somehow. But um, yeah, I'll be talking it up. Yeah, no, definitely same here. So you can check out The Outlaws on Prime Video. Watch both seasons right now. Shall we go across then to this week's movie of the week? We shall indeed. So each week, Paul and I take turns uh, reviewing a movie of the week. If you want to find out what that movie is, you should come and join our Discord channel where we announce that each week. This week, Paul, we are reviewing the 2022 movie, also on Prime Video. Big week for those guys. Hope that sponsorship check comes in soon. (laughs) Um, Samaritan, starring Sylvester Stallone. It does indeed, yeah. Um, So this is... Sylvester Stallone's latest movie just came out about a young boy who learns that a superhero who was thought to have gone missing after an epic battle years ago may in fact still be around. Uh, as soon as I saw this um, as one of the picks for movie of the week, I was straight onto it because I feel like I've I've not seen as many um, of Sylvester's more recent movies. And, you know, just talking about Christopher Walken turning 79, you know, Sylvester Stallone, these guys, you know, he's he, these guys. These guys. He's seventy six. I mean, it's just you know, this. I mean, I don't know how to say it, but there's not too many more movies coming from these these. And so it's it's for me, he's one of the all time greats, and it's always something to to savor. What are you thinking about Samaritan? Oh, Paul, I think it was a bit of a bust. Um, <laughs> I can't like. I always knew it was going to be a bit of a stretch, but I was kind of intrigued about one, the Stallone factor. I'm intrigued about, cause you know, Stallone's also got a, um, a series coming out, um, from Tyler Sheridan. So I'm kind of intrigued to kind of just stay in the, stay in the loop on the Stallone front. I think this movie conceptually was interesting. I think if it didn't have Sylvester Stallone, it might've, it could have maybe been better. Like, I wonder whether I just kind of expected so much more from it. And I kind of, you know, Samara asked me this question. She's like, oh, is this connected to, like, DC or Marvel or anything? And I kind of just felt like it wasn't really grounded in a superhero universe that I'm kind of familiar with. Not that that's a problem because, you know, there's lots of great kind of, like, independent, um, like, graphic novels and sort of concepts. But I think as a movie, like, it was just okay like it's like I would be real annoyed if I went to go to the movies to see this or I kind of like physically kind of had to pay money to see it but watching it on a streaming service you kind of give it a little bit of a pass but it it didn't overly work for me how about you I I treat this movie like a football match in that it was a game of two halves which is a cliche but I'll explain what I mean I kind of I, I was the opposite in terms of the whole dc marvel but i actually was relieved that i could sit down and watch a, a superhero movie and i didn't need to know 73 other backstory movies or tv series before i could understand the full universe i could just come straight into it as it was um i i thought that um the kid uh, sam uh, played by um uh, javon javon walton walton i i thought he and Sylvester Stallone together were great. I could, may surprise you here. I I feel like I could watch, I could watch like a trilogy of movies about just those two. I thought they were were great together. I thought, and I also thought that this this uh, 
Javen had had way better lines in this movie than he got given when he was in the Umbrella Academy. And I just I just thought that the two of them together was a really good chemistry. I was really enjoying their their scenes together. I thought it there was a really nice touch when they were up on they're up on the roof and um, the kid is is throwing punches at Stallone and Stallone's like, oh, you know, I don't really like to fight unless I have to, which, you know, is obviously hilarious coming from him. But um, this older version of Stallone has, when he's talking to the kid, the, the, his slow manner. For me, Dan, he had actually like a bit of a Mike Ehrmantraut vibe about him when he was talking. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed it in that respect. That's That's the good half. I think you're right, like, and I think that actually is a good shout because I, I am on board with that. Like, I think um, Javon's relationship with Sylvester Stallone, their chemistry, 100% worked for me. I'm a big fan of Javon from uh, Euphoria as well. I think he's a real, like, up-and-comer to kind of keep an eye on. And the bit that did work for me is I kind of liked Sylvester Stallone. I like the old, grizzled superhero who's kind of, like, they're retired, they're kind of dumb, but there's still, you know, there's no real retirement from kind of being a, a hero. Like, I think, that's why I say, like, the concept is good. I think those two actors are working together. Good. I thought villain, uh, like, a, a, bit ske- a bit sketchy. Um, and I think you're right, like, the, the, the actual kind of, like, where it all kind of ended up was was a bit of a shambles, but the there is good in it. I can feel it. And it reminds me of a, you know what I could imagine them doing eventually with a, a an old Bruce Wayne movie, like where we've got, and we, we kind of get that sometimes with, you know, like you're kind of lightly heading towards it with like a Ben Affleck or, you know, where like you're a bit old, you're a bit grizzled, you're, you're a bit done with it. And I think that the premise is interesting but it just didn't come together as a total package for me. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think the the total package bit, the 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 flip side to my coin is, as you said, the bad guy uh, Cyrus and his sidekick Sill, uh, whoever she was. I mean, I, I mean, I couldn't tell. I mean, he. I thought I couldn't tell if they were bad actors or if they were given terrible writing and and i don't know what went wrong but i just thought that those two just didn't the bad guy looked like what obi-wan would have looked like if he'd said yes to that guy who offered him death sticks and attack of the clones (laughs) well i think so our bad bad guy cyrus like so he's actually been a a villain in game of thrones and he he was awesome he was amazing i just think Uh, in the context of this show not great. I thought Syl was so flat as a as a character, and it just kind of brought nothing to the table. And no. I, I kind of, I think if you're going to go down this path of kind of the old superhero kind of, you know, living his life, you know, potentially kind of like ushering in a, a new era. I don't know whether we needed to needed this whole kind of like classic bad guy situation going on like i think it could have been dealt with in a, in a much more interesting way yeah oh the, like i say, i was really enjoying this movie but the instant the the death stick obi-wan guy got up on the car and started talking to the people in the streets i knew we were in trouble and then when everyone in the street was like yeah i'm with you just because this guy happened to be saying yeah are you sick of life it was it was it was too easy it, it didn't make any sense there was some terrible scenes like there was a scene when they're interrogating the guy and they're trying to get him to say he won't say nothing and they they waste all this time threatening him and then as he walks away they shoot him in the back i mean waste of time waste of scene waste of everything it just made absolutely 
no no sense the one thing that did catch me off guard and i thought was clever even though i don't quite see the writing delivering on it was the twist uh, around the nemesis samaritan part i thought that was actually quite well well done I think, um, yeah, I think you're right. Like, there's a lot of scenes that kind of didn't really pay off. Like, there's no way kind of bad guys are kind of like torturing people and then just like let them, no. as you say, get shot in the back. What about you, That's right. I'll tell you the one good thing, Paul, is it's good to see the um, the special effects um, team behind The Walking Dead also got to do a bit of work on this project <laughs> with uh, a de-aged Sylvester yeah. Stallone. Oh, I, I actually thought of that myself i just like very average de-aging technology i think once you've hit the standards of like the irishman or or other things more recently the luke skywalker you know like yeah that is the that's the new standard like you, you, you can't go back because instantly as soon as you go back you're like oh am i watching uh the Tron legacy movie and this is a, a, a de-aged, you know, it's, 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 it's like you accept it when you know you're seeing something from 2010, but when it came out last week, it has to be better. I, I would rather see Sylvester Stallone with a backwards hat on and pretend <laughs> that he's young than have to see the, the terrible CGI that they do. Like for some, like just keep the camera pan back. Like we kind of, we kind of got what was going on, but I felt like they just zoomed in closer and closer. And it was like, no, my eyes. Yeah, no, my eyes as well. And some, yeah, that second half, they really, I always feel like, I'm sure they don't, but in my mind, they they sort of they write the movie from start to finish consecutively, and they shoot it as they go. And they kind of they got to the end, and they were running out of time, and they were just like, just write anything; it doesn't matter. So like when the when Stallone is in the battle, and he he gets in the lift, and he just gets gets in, he says, "Going my way." There was just lots of bad lines and lots of I can only describe it as like roaring, where they're like, and it's it's. It was too much, and it's it was it was a million miles away from how the movie started, and um, it's a shame because yeah, I I kind of thought halfway through, oh, this could be a winner, but when the final verdicts came in for this movie, Dan, I think the the scores that we're seeing on IMDb and the movie critic reviews that have come in so far are probably fair. I would almost say even a little bit generous, and I think <laughs> it is it is a shame because I think. I do applaud them for trying to do something different and trying to tell a different story. And it is good, as you as you mentioned, that you kind of jump in without having to be connected to a wider universe. But this feels like this could have been this, the start of something really interesting. Um, but I don't... I just... I, I, I don't know whether they should carry on this kind of franchise. Like, it just... Like, it's... I don't think they've got the base right. No, I think you're right. And I actually was wondering the same thing so i actually skipped ahead and had a quick look on his on his uh his imdb and there isn't uh a samaritan 2 anywhere listed although i do see the expendables 4 is coming out next year i thought that franchise was done but apparently not amazing amazing um yeah look i think you know as far as the as far as the guns go this is probably a little bit similar to me as day shift you know probably uh a one and a half, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to agree with you, and I, I feel awful because that that Javen Walton really did well, and I just, yeah. But it is what it is, as they say. It's what it is. Yeah, it's one and a half. <laughs> and, yeah, and I think it's 
it, it almost gets the half because of the great relationship between the two main characters. So yeah. it's it's again like we say this a lot. It's it's actually not even about the, the the acting or you know the chemistry between those two. I think it is just kind of the wider premise and sort of storytelling just kind of lets this one down. Hundred percent. And look, if if we didn't have that opening thirty minutes and great chemistry between those two, I don't know what would be here for me in this movie. So yeah, one and a half is fair. Yeah. You can uh, check that out if you so desire on Prime Video. Dan, a lot of good content this week, a lot of average content this week. What's your pick of the week? I think I'm going to have to go with my episode two of House of the Dragon. I just, as I say, I'm so happy to be back in the the Game of the Game of Thrones universe. I'm I'm in the early stages of the journey again. It just feels I feel comfortable. I feel like it's definitely going to be a. This is definitely going to be in my top ten. I I can feel it already. It's going to really be as as we keep talking about a battle. You're you're up to about seventeen now as well, Dan. So I can't wait to see. I yours. know. Maybe maybe we're going to do top twenty. Like yeah, <laughs> top ten and ten honorable mentions. Everyone else seems to give loads of honorable mentions. Why can't we? For me, Dan, I um I had a great time with. The Outlaws season two, I really, really enjoyed it and, and and loved laughing along. But Slow Horses edges it out for me. It um, it's it's one of those I would point to and say you really need to go see this. It's it's that good. So Slow Horses gets my pick of the week this week. Um, news time, Dan. All right. So what have we got this week? So starting off with a cancellation. So Resident Evil, which has just recently come out on Netflix, already been cancelled, which I know that you were planning on watching this, Paul. I was definitely thinking about watching it. It definitely alarms me how quickly Netflix gives these shows the chop. Like mm. it's, it's it feels like it's been out a couple of months, and obviously behind the scenes, the the metrics, the reviews, the all the things are telling them that this is not a go. But it happens quickly, eh? Like they they do a swift execution. They really do. It's scored three point nine out of ten um, from over thirty five thousand votes. So that's that's a fairly you know, big audience to, to, to vote on it. You know, it's like a football stadium for, full of people. I am, um, I'm disappointed because this was, this was a, a franchise, which I don't, it shouldn't have appealed to me, but it did. Like it was, uh, it was based on a game I never played. I don't really do horror, but I always enjoyed the movies. I really loved the character, the character of Alice and that whole world. And I wonder, I wonder what I would have made of it, made of it without, you know, Mila Jovovich playing playing Alice, whether or not it would have worked for me anyway. But um, yeah, it is a shame. I always find it really tough to go back to these shows once I know they're cancelled. Like I just can't yes, do it. Yes, that's right. It's uh, it's. I had the same thing um, with uh, Kiefer Sutherland in Designated Survivor. That was a show that killed me because I thought, what a great premise for a TV show, and then mm. they cancelled mm. it. It's like um, about a year ago. I you may remember the TV show I talked to you about called The Wilds about the yes the the girls that are in the plane crash yeah. and so they they, they a season two's just come out but they've 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 cancelled that as well and I I know that season two ends on a bit of a cliffhanger and so I just I can't bring myself to watch season two I'm just gonna have to leave it it's, it's, it's off into the ether. We live in a world now, Dan, where there's so much out there that you that, who's got the time to watch it all. Indeed, indeed. All right, I better move on. So uh, WandaVision director, um, 
Matt Shikman has apparently dropped the Star Trek movie to take over the Fantastic Four movie. So that will be very interesting. Uh, I think he's obviously done a, a great job with WandaVision. I'm very excited for a new Fantastic Four movie. And I think it's interesting because I think Fantastic Four, they've had many kind of attempts at this movie and none of them have really stuck. But I'm hoping in this this new Marvel world that we live in, I'm hoping that we finally get a, a good one and get to bring in the, the Fantastic Four. Definitely. Uh, House of the Dragon has already been renewed for season two. That's what I like to hear. I look, don't muck around, Paul. Just just say you've got ten seasons. We we know <laughs> this is going to be good. So let's not dilly dilly. Ten seasons. Lock uh, it in. Lock it in. Lock it in, my son. Uh, the boys. Um, so they are adding Jeffrey Dean Morgan to the cast for the next season. So. Obviously, we love Jeffrey Dean Morgan for his role as Negan on The Walking Dead. So, very excited about seeing uh, what happens there. Uh, the Shazam movie. So, Shazam, uh, Fury of the Gods, and Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom, have both been delayed. So... Uh, originally um, Shazam was going to be released on 17th of March next year it's now going to be December sorry let me let me rephrase that I've, I've read that out of order it was originally going to be released in December this year and now it's going to be March and Aquaman has now been pushed back to December 2023 so quite a few sort of delays in that space and I do wonder whether Again, it's sort of got some of these connections to what's happening with obviously the the recently shelved uh, Batgirl movie and the, mm. the stuff that's going on with the Flash and all that sort of stuff. So they're probably just trying to get a few uh, ducks in a row over there in the DC camp. Uh, and then two final bits of news. So just a, a little bit of sort of Euphoria season three. It's looking like we might not get a third season until very late 2023, if not in early 2024, which is a shame because it's a, another kind of wonderful TV show and a, definitely a, a favourite of mine. So hopefully we don't have to wait too long, but that is the, the current kind of forecast on that show. And then my final bit of news, Paul, and I don't really know if it's news, but it's my news desk, so I'm just going to... I'm going to run with it. So there's there's been a on on screen rant. They've got pulled together a bit of a a Reddit poll around if they are going to do a young James Bond. Ten actors most most voted by Reddit who would who would make a great James Bond. So number ten, almost unsurprisingly, and I don't even know if I'd use the word young. Unfortunately, Henry Cavill, classic. Everyone knows about him. Yep. Um, number nine, Dan Stevens, who you may remember from Downton Abbey. Indeed. Wow. Uh, number eight, Matthew Lewis, who you may know as Neville Longbottom in the Harry Potter movies. Yes. <laughs> who would ever thought Neville Longbottom could be could be taking you know martinis? I would love that. I feel like he's turned into a real badass, and he's really changed from his uh, Neville Longbottom days. Uh, number seven, uh, Reggie Jean Page, who you probably know yeah. from Bridgerton. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Another great choice. Uh, Aidan Turner is their uh, sixth recommendation. Number five, Richard Madden, who is in uh, a really awesome uh, TV show called uh, The Bodyguard and also in Game of Thrones. Number four, uh, Daniel Kaluuya, who is an absolutely awesome actor. And, like, we've talked about uh, a few movies that he's been in, and particularly uh, uh, Slim and... 
or Queen and Slim. I think Queen, the movie Queen, might have been Queen called. Queen and Slim, yeah, yeah. Queen and Slim. I, I, I would be there for that. I, I would love to see that. Number three, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, who's most recently uh, been in Bullet Train. Number two, Robert Patterson. I, I don't think you can. You can't be Batman and James Bond. You can't have all the jobs, Paul. Well, it's like Henry Cavill. Can you be Superman and James Bond? That's that's greedy. I, I feel like he's kind of he's, I don't know whether he's hung up the tights, but I feel like he's not really actively using the tights right now. So I feel I like it, I don't care it, if you're wearing the tights or not. If, if you've worn the tights, you are Michael Keaton's Batman. So that's it. He can't be. He can't be James Bond. Indeed, I, I just don't like Robert Pattinson. I think would be good, but I just don't know. I don't know if he can be Batman anyway. Anyway, and then number one choice. Henry Golding. So Henry Golding is uh, most recently been in uh, a Guy Ritchie film. And he's uh, also been in Crazy Rich Asians. Fantastic, fantastic choice. Any of these 10 actors I would love to see in the role of a young James Bond. I just thought I'd share that list with you because it was kind of interesting to get some new names in the mix. A very interesting list. I... I was kind of challenging myself to say if I had to pick one. I think if I was going with that group, Richard Madden might be a uh, a go-to for me. I thought he has a different edge, a different look. I thought he was so good in in Bodyguard. Where's season two of Bodyguard, by the way? That should be out by now. But yeah, that would. It's an interesting list. Um, I'm going to go controversial and say that, that none of them will get it. It will be someone. Completely oh, different. Hundred <laughs> percent. I, I think it's going to be probably an unknown. I, if I was going to bet on someone in that list, I would, I would almost bump Richard Madden up the list purely from a, a piece of media I saw once where he was on a red carpet and somebody asked him the question around, "Are you going to be the next James Bond?" And his publicist zoomed in real fast, shut the conversation on, and said, "Let's move on." And it just kind of really it stuck with me that. Maybe they've been talking about it. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows indeed. Interesting. Mm, mm. But any uh, any news that you're in? Um, well, just a couple of things. Talking about where's the second season of Bodyguard. The second season of The Capture has just started airing in the United Kingdom. And the first couple of episodes have come out. Um, so just uh, anyone who's been with us since episode one will recall that The Capture was in my top 10 TV shows of 2019 and it all went quiet because of COVID. Um, absolutely superb TV show. And the second season, as I say, the first three episodes have come out. And so hopefully we'll get that over here because that is a show definitely worth getting amongst. And the only other thing which I picked up from a Sador on our Discord community is that the director, or was going to be the director of Star Trek IV, uh, Matt Shackman, seems like he's uh, he's gone walkabouts to, uh, to to go do something else. So this fourth Star Trek movie of the of the Chris Pine Zachary Quinto era is having all kinds of false stats, and um, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, I don't know if you listened to the news, but that was my very first bit of news um, on the on the news today. <laughs> I was it really. I, I told you I was. I've been sick this week. I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pass. It's, it's the illness. But I think did, you are coming. Did you to use the part. word Star Trek? You used the word Star Trek, and I didn't hear you say it. Yeah, I Amazing. said Star Trek. He's, he's come off the Star Trek movie, but I think you're coming at it from more of a pure Star Trek point of view, where I was coming at it from a point of view of he's moving on to the Fantastic Four movie. Well, this podcast has a name for a reason. I guess is all I can say. Let's um, <laughs> let's 
let's let's jump over to uh mailbag um and yeah just talking about you know the capture being one of my top 10 tv shows of 2019 if anyone there listening ever loses track of the you know because you and i talk about movies and tv shows you know which ones that we give all the guns which ones are we adding to our top 10 this year if you ever sort of forget you know what are the ones that we really recommend because we we review a lot and we don't recommend at all there is a new page on a website that you can refer to for just this reason um halfmeasurespodcast.com forward slash top picks and that is where you'll find us um adding in there um every time we have a, a new movie or, or something to add that we say you need to get amongst this you'll find it on that page and we did a quick promo of that page earlier this week and um even pleased to say we had our old mate Jefferson White, who plays Jimmy from Yellowstone, gave us a like. And we had the writer-director of Creamery, Roseanne Liang, even add our post to her Instagram story, which was nice too. Uh, we also had Daisy Haggard. Um, she shared our review of Breeders on Twitter, um, which was nice. We were giving her a really good talking out last week for her ferocity on the screen. Um, and the official Twitter account for uh, Ron Howard's 13 Lives shared our movie of the week review and chris marshall who plays nasa's lead astronaut daniel paul uh in for mankind um she shared our review of for mankind on twitter and she liked our instagram story as well so that was uh very good um and finally then for the mailbag this week um peak performance last week was ed harris had a couple come in patreon producer diana from Cap in New Zealand. Uh, she went with The Truman Show. Uh, always a movie that when I think back on it, I really enjoyed. Um, Michael from North Carolina. Uh, three, two, one from him. Uh, Glenn Garrigan Ross, uh, number three. Westworld. And number one was The Abyss. Another great movie that's overdue a rewatch. I feel like I haven't seen that possibly in 20 years. Um and then Paddy from Time Traveling Tink podcast, History 2-1 for Ed Harris, Enemy at the Gates, A History of Violence, and Peak Performance was The Rock. And um, actually, just quickly, speaking of Time Traveling Tink podcast, I'd also like to give a quick shout out to uh, another one of our Patreon producers, Trisha Brady, who has been in Las Vegas uh, for, the, for the last week or so um, at the Star Trek convention over there, celebrating 56 years of Star Trek. And honestly, Dan it makes me want to get traveling again. She's been having such a great time. She's been hanging out with the Roddenberry crew from mission log podcast. And and thank you, Trisha for the half measures. Thank you that you did that. But also just almost randomly, it seems meeting members of the star Trek cast, getting photos with them, like just casual selfies, like they're just walking around. It's, I haven't been to a science fiction convention now for nearly 20 years, and I haven't been to a star Trek one since 1995. So I feel like the next overseas family trip, I need to go in, I need to time it with, with a stopover on the way to like a, a convention because we just don't have anything on that scale over here. I love it. We, we don't do it sort of, we're, we're so far away. Like we, we've got sort of the smaller scale Armageddon, but they, they never have the, the mass of actors. Yeah. I was in uh, Chicago once in the, in the early days of the, the Walking Dead and I, Norman Reedus was there and um, he looks just as greasy in real life as he does in The Walking Dead, FYI. It's just as well you bumped into in them and not now, let's be honest. I've got some things to say. Yeah. That is our mailbag this week anyway, Dan. Awesome. Shall we uh, jump on over to our peak performance for this week? 
Indeed. So like I'm over the week, every week Dan and I take it in turns to look at someone's career in Hollywood and pick out what we think is their best performance. Um, this week we have Kristen Stewart and um, when I, I don't know about you Dan, but when I was looking back through the movies that she has done and sort of looking at the ones that I've watched and enjoyed, I found myself often having a, a similar theme and this is certainly true for my honorable mention this is a movie that i didn't necessarily enjoy but like so much of what she's done i really enjoyed her performances so this one is her performance as princess diana in the 2021 movie spencer which we reviewed as a movie of the week uh, a few months ago is that right i think that is correct yeah you keep talking and i'll find out what episode it is yeah, good, good on you. Yeah, she, I think the way that she portrayed Diana in that movie, just the anxiety, how highly strung she was, the the mannerisms, but not just an impression. Like I really felt like she nailed her performance, and and like I said, this was despite having a script that I didn't think particularly convinced, and was one of the reasons I overall I didn't necessarily enjoy the movie, but. I actually think as peak performances go, this is right up there. I thought for that performance, it was worthy of the of the honourable mention for me. The uh, peak is performance for me, peak performance for me is though 2012's Snow White and the Huntsman, which I've got to be honest with you, I it's not a movie that I would necessarily think I might sit down to watch it's not maybe the sort of thing i would normally go to but i really enjoyed it i thought she was really strong in it she had obviously she had a, a great cast um to work with along you know alongside you know exchange chris hensworth charlie theron um very high quality cast but i just thought she was really convincing i think she brings something to that role which um her style was you know i think she has a lot in her locker i guess uh she's now in, she's kind of like a name now that when i see her and something i will think about watching it um even if the genre or the film doesn't necessarily a- appeal to me because I, I just think she brings something different every time and i think that's a great quality so those are my picks dan how about you um, very, very good picks, Paul. Always tough with someone like Kristen Stewart as well, because I think still so early in her career, and I feel like, mm. you know, you talked earlier about like revisiting uh, different actors and actresses. She would be someone to to visit in another hundred episodes time, just to kind of see whether our choices have changed. Yeah. Um, look, when thinking Kristen Stewart, it's always a big call. You know, am I about you know the Eclipse movie or am I about Breaking Dawn? I'm about none of them, Paul. But uh, I'm about none of them at all. But anyway, if I was going to put um, two movies, my honourable mention is I'm actually going to go with the 2020 movie Underwater, which we really mm. reviewed back here on the pod in episode 47. And so this is basically Kristen Stewart's role here. She's a, a scientist working deep underground, under the ocean, earthquake happens, unsettles some stuff. It really kind of gave me strong alien vibes, this movie. And I think Kristen Stewart's character 
in particular really reminded me of Sigourney Weaver and I think but almost kind of in a in a more in a in a modern day setting and again not necessarily my favorite movie of all time but her performance really stood out yeah, for me that's right. um, for the for similar reasons and for my peak performance I'm actually going to go with your honorable mention I'm going to go with the Spencer movie which we reviewed in episode 105 and again not necessarily my favorite movie but I think I like just an incredible performance if I didn't know that it was Christian Stewart, you you could have knocked me over with a feather that she was portraying um, Princess Diana here. And it was such a, a dark, twisted movie, a movie where she really did have the, the limelight for 90% of the movie and just, mm. just took us on a, a wonderful journey and, and a, a masterpiece of a, of a performance. So for me, Spencer is my peak performance. Great shirts, Dan. Underwater was another one I had up there as well. And again, like you say, just great performance I, I think if if she gets cast in a in a movie that is exceptionally well written i can see big awards coming her way because she brings something to the screen and often it's been either directing or the script that hasn't quite been there and you know only early 30s as you say if we were to come back in 100 episodes there could be there could be some more choices in there that may be may be eclipsing these no pun intended definitely definitely it does so Paul, um, that probably brings us to the end of another episode of the Half Measures podcast. It does indeed. Um, get in touch with us if you've got a different peak performance for us for Christian Stewart, or if you've got a, a movie or TV show recommendation, or again, something that Dan said that you disagree with, do get in touch with us on our social media. Indeed. Also, a very special shout out to our Patreon producers, uh, Samara Whiting King, Joshua Brady, and Diana Kanawa. If you too would like to become a Patreon producer of the show, then you can find those details in the show notes below. But until next week, everyone, adios. Mm-hmm.